0: Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Scottish Liberty podcast with me Anthony Samroff and of course me Tom Laird. We are here with Aaron and Lydia of Young <laughs> Americans for Liberty. We are very excited to have them in Scotland and they're going to tell us about themselves and their organization. So would you first like to introduce yourselves and our, your and Young Americans for Liberty?
1: Great. So, um, hi everyone. I'm Lydia. I am the Southeast Regional Director for Young Americans for Liberty. I'm in charge of nine states, um, over 170 chapters on college campuses, as well as over 15 state chairs who are our field uh, workers um, in in the states. So,
0: that.
2: Yeah. and okay. I'm Erin. I handle the West. Um, but we should probably talk about what YAL is first before we like dive into essentially what, what okay. it is that we manage. So Young Americans for Liberty um, is an organization that started in 2008 with the Ron Paul campaign as Youth for Ron Paul. Okay. Um, but as the campaign sadly came mm. to an end, um, we kind of realized that there was a lot more to it, that right. people were, especially millennials, were getting right. excited about the ideas and concepts of liberty. Um as they rallied behind Ron Paul. So from there, they kind of turned it into something more. Um, So Young Americans for Liberty was born. um, And, I mean, gosh, in the past year and a half that I've been there, we have gone from, I think when I got there, how many chapters did we have? Like Probably close to 700, maybe. And now we have 950-something.
0: Wow, awesome. Is that due to you guys being on board, of course? Of
2: course it is. 110%.
3: So young Americans. What's the demographic? there? how young do you have to be to a young American for Liberty?
2: I mean, like we we don't really discriminate. So if you're right. a non-traditional student and you want to start a chapter, um, you're more than welcome to do so. But I mean, essentially, just a a college kid on a college campus. Okay. Yep. We also
1: have high school chapters, but not very many. Right. Um Those are, you know, something we don't necessarily focus on, uh, but we do have them.
3: Okay.
0: Do you think there's been a swelling of libertarian feeling just in the last like year or two? uh, maybe I don't know what's brought it in the election or something like that yes you're right okay because I think that I've noticed there's been more libertarians around in the last year do you know what might have precipitated that
2: feeling politically homeless particularly with the last election um there was a lot of unrest because people were unhappy with both candidates right um and then uh, we didn't really have a good liberty candidate Gosh, I shouldn't say that. Gary Johnson campaign would get very mad at me. Uh, but we didn't so have a candidate named, to rally you, behind. You hadn't
0: named him. Well, then you had to everybody say, knew who Gary I was Gary And by the way, what is Aleppo?
2: <laughs> I don't think anybody actually knew until he asked that question. <laughs> right. And then people were Googling
0: it like so crazy. So he did us a service by enlightening us as to what Aleppo is. If but only when, George
3: W. Bush didn't know where Iraq was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything would have turned out much, much better. Yeah.
0: So I've very rudely interrupted you. So people have been feeling politically homeless, and despite uh, Gary Johnson not being very libertarian, they still found their way over to the liberty message.
2: Right, because we, we kind of package it as more of the ideas and the philosophies, because we are a non-profit. <laughs> we don't do candidates or sure. policy or right. any kind of legislature, which, so if you don't necessarily, I mean, we say libertarian little L right? We don't associate with a party. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, you don't necessarily alienate people who, I mean, we have everybody under the spectrum from um, anarchists all the way out to like, you're more conservatarian or left libertarian.
3: Okay. right. And so what's the big issue at the moment that you're working on? What's what's really the burning issue for you guys?
2: Uh, Tax day. So we did.
1: No, that's what we did this semester. Uh, We had our activism event called Axe the Tax,
2: which was really fun. Taxation is theft, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As people were filing their taxes (laughs) and realizing, oh crap, they're taking a lot of my money um, and being vastly unhappy with that or what they're not getting back.
3: But who would build the roads? (laughs)
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. My roads.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: um, what... How, well, I think some people will be wondering how you got such an awesome job, like each <laughs> of you, because, I mean, who wouldn't like to be a full-time paid libertarian activist? I know I would if anyone out there is listening. <laughs> so
2: Living the dream.
0: Yeah, living the dream. Totally. Tell, tell us, how, how did you make it happen?
2: Yeah, so
1: um, starting with me, and this is actually an, another reason, I guess, I feel like why more people are getting into the folds of liberty. When I went to college, I, I didn't know what I was. Okay. And so it wasn't until I actually joined my YAL chapter on my campus that I started becoming more in tune with the issues and saying, wow, I, I really am a libertarian. Okay. And so for me, um, I just started by joining my chapter. Um, I got more involved. I planned events for them. I planned over 12 different events throughout the year, went to a lot of conferences um, in the United States, and then I became a state chair where I managed over 21 chapters in the state of Wisconsin. Great. Wow! Um, and I ended up um, organizing our first leadership summit, which was really great. So we had a bunch of individuals come to that. Um,
0: Individualists.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> And um, from there, I applied to be a regional director, and I, I got it, and it's awesome. I get Great. to talk with hundreds of students every single day um, about what they can do on their campuses and how they can make Liberty win.
0: Awesome.
2: But that's why Yale is such an important vessel, because we're one of the only organizations that is doing that, reaching okay. out to college students, I mean, who are either politically homeless or even just open to the ideas yeah. and slowly educating them on them
3: okay could you i mean could you enlighten me one of the things i'm curious about is uh isn't is there something in america called is it like title nine or something and it's it's, what it's precipitated is kind of like what i've heard is that they have kangaroo courts on campuses so like if a guy is uh, accused of some sort of uh, misdemeanor like sexual misconduct that the police don't normally get involved. It's just something that they deal with on campus, and it's unbalanced. They say, well, you know, why would this person make an accusation against you if it wasn't true? I mean, do you know anything about that? Or have you heard anything about that? It? Really, I mean, it's not a problem for you guys where you are then?
1: Um, that does happen. That is not an issue, however, that we have really right. gone into okay. in depth with so um, is with, it, with our organization. Right, so is
3: it mainly just free speech issues that you... That you, that you, you Yes, focus, so
1: huh? a large um, portion of our activism does go towards free speech on college campuses, specifically public universities. Okay. Um, which those are where uh, most of that, unfortunately, takes
0: place. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
3: And it, and so, what's How is your organization funded? Is it completely funded by by voluntary donations and stuff like that?
2: Yes. So essentially, it's. Um, I mean, we collect donations from people who either are libertarians themselves or have previously backed a liberty candidate like Ron Paul, Rand Paul. You okay. know, any of the 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 congressmen that we are lucky enough to have in office that are actually very libertarian leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, we get them everywhere, and so without these people, we wouldn't be able to exist. We provide resources to college students to do their free speech activism. So one of the big things we do is we do, um, to get people talking, we provide them with a giant blow-up beach ball. Okay. Which seems ridiculous, right? Like, why would you do that?
3: Right. Um, I'm sure you're going to tell us.
2: It's (laughs) eye-catching, right? right? So you see somebody rolling around a nine-foot round beach ball.
3: Okay. You're going
2: to go over and see what they're doing, right? So the idea is you get kids to write whatever they want on it. Sure. Doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Draw me, think, yeah. draw, draw me a profane cartoon. Do whatever you want to do. Put whatever's on your mind, and the idea being that it's going to offend somebody, right? right. Because okay. kids on college campuses, you could say anything to them and they're offended. Yeah. We have right. this this toxic PC culture that's arising, and so from there, the they do it. The idea is they're doing it outside the free speech zone right. because the universities will box them into these tiny little broom closet size right. spaces where they can speak their mind. Sometimes it's only certain hours of the day. Right. Or it's only in this space. And so the idea is we do it outside the space. We let we let the administration know we're doing it outside mm. the space. And from there, hopefully we get shut down. Is the idea. Right. Okay. Uh, is
0: that an entrapment?
2: It well, <laughs> I mean, we let them know that we're doing an event, a free speech event outside the free speech zone. Sure. So it's up to them whether they're going to enforce their policies or not. Okay. It
0: seems to me very counterintuitive for universities of all places where ideas are meant to be examined to be cracking down on free speech. I mean, surely if there's anywhere to discuss ideas and test them, uh, it should be on a university uni- campus. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, would think that. Yeah, and I have an example too where at, I believe Clemson University in South Carolina. Um, they actually have students who want to have a multicultural center where people of uh, a white race are not allowed,
3: right. technically. So, so, so
1: if you, if you think about it, they're, they're segregating themselves, right. they uh, which is rather ridiculous, um, especially when they value people like Martin Luther King, who mm-hmm. spoke so highly against um, segregation and yeah. you know, really promoted freedom of speech. And so it's it's kind of sad, anyways, to think about you know those people that, um, you know, Americans or students, anyways, really value and then taking what they have and only taking part of it.
0: Yeah, and these are sort of left leaning or very progressive. Uh, they would describe themselves as whether they are actually progressive. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, in regressive. Under uh, in any understandable sense of the world, I'm not sh- sure. And maybe it's just that, you know, in the 60s and what have you, during the Cold War, the left wanted free speech because they felt like they were the marginalised... Um,
3: and that they were the radicals.
0: Yeah, and that they were the radicals. Now that the left have won over the centre ground, they're, they're, they're suddenly the ones that are in opposition to free speech when traditionally they were the advocates. And I think, um, yeah, it's really quite shocking...
3: So, what's the demograph in terms of? I mean, we find here in Scotland amongst the libertarian community, it's pretty much male dominated. What's the split in 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 America? It's what?
2: up and oh, coming. It's yeah, more even.
1: I would say now. Uh, when I first started, there weren't really uh, that many women. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, and but now, um, you know, people are really coming through, and it's not just you know an all boys organization, right? Or something
3: That's like good. Because that. I was going to ask you. When it was like that, what do you think the main reason was? Was it something perceived to be sort of like a, a boys' club?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. very hard once okay. you know, if, you, if you're a group and all of your members are men, yeah. uh, it's very hard to not see that, you know, as a woman at least. Yeah, um, as oh, well, I'm not sure if this is something that's for me because right. I would be the only girl, mm. okay, you know, once you break that barrier and you start getting a few and you start
2: getting more and
1: more and more. And so that's kind of the stage that we're at currently. Well, and the idea is
2: too, it's, it's, you know, the cis white male is the libertarian, you know, that's the perception. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, what we're trying to do is we all, we're also trying to shatter that perception because I mean libertarian is a dirty word, no matter where you are, it seems like there are these preconceived notions about what you actually believe. But if you come down to it and you actually ask the millennial, okay, so what do you think I believe? As a libertarian, what are the values that I stand for? Mm-hmm. They right. don't actually know.
3: No. They can't give right. you a
2: clear, concise answer.
3: No, usually you're accused of being corporatist.
2: Mm-hmm. Or that's
3: what we get accused of here. I mean, or you just you're...
0: care about rich people. And you also mm-hmm. you yeah. want people... I can't believe you're going on campuses uh, promoting a political philosophy that would have poor people dying on the street. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I mean, yep. it's shocking. No wonder they're trying to shut you up. Well, the thing is,
3: if it's such, if libertarianism is such a corporatist creed, like you know, where's yeah. where's my check yeah. from Halliburton? That, yeah, you know? where are
0: all the where's all the funding from your Coca Cola, Starbucks, uh, Microsoft, Apple for libertarianism? Um, you know, why why don't they teach? Uh, Mises and Hayek why is everyone heard of Karl Marx but no one has heard of Karl Menger and I know I know that even a bunch of libertarians listening to this haven't heard of Karl Menger
3: why don't you enlighten them all Uh,
0: he was uh, one of the founders of the Austrian School of Economics i actually was he actually Aussie? oh no one of the li- lineage i can't even remember who came first bomb barwick or or Carl wenger can you believe how humiliating i'm sure, I'm sure that we're going to get informed how humiliating. i can't remember who came
3: first and the egg. <laughs>
0: that's okay
3: i certainly don't know
0: no i'm an <laughs> economics enthusiast so it's of interest to me um, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be enlightened. Sorry, So but me, we digress.
3: So let me put you on the spot a little bit. So, voting in the last uh, in the last election, did any but any of you guys vote for Trump?
2: I didn't vote at all.
3: <laughs> you didn't vote at all. Yeah,
2: neither did I. I think that a lot of millennials went that way this election okay. cycle, and maybe that's why we ended up with things the way that we did. But. Um, I mean I didn't have a candidate that I could really right. get behind.
0: Okay. Did you not think that it was like obviously you didn't, but maybe you'll tell me why it was worth voting Gary Johnson just to say that there is a desire for libertarian representation and also so he could maybe have got his five percent and keep the keep I, Well the he money. didn't even
2: I mean my vote uh, he, yeah. he didn't even get near five um, yeah. percent. but it?
0: yeah.
2: I mean like but I didn't I didn't consider Gary Johnson a viable candidate really right. either. Right. Um, no,
0: uh, yeah. Neither did I, but I might have just Were were you able to vote
3: concern. for good old Uncle Ron at any point? Ron Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: uh no, actually. Okay. Um funny story. I got started in Liberty because uh so originally I was doing students for Rand Paul. Right. right. Um, okay. And but I mean like I had somebody introduce me to the ideas. I started going to these things called Liberty pubs, right? right. Okay. So I did work for Rand Paul for a while, and then, um, but I realized later, much later, that the curly-haired short man that came to my door in New Hampshire campaigning for Ron Paul in 2008 was Rand, and I had in fact slammed the door in his face at the time. <laughs> So right, okay. that kind of came full circle. That's, wow, that's <laughs> uh,
3: amazing. Did he get to slam the door in your face at one point? Uh, no, he he.
2: But <laughs> he I did. Some doors for I you. didn't turn make up for it by working to get him a victory in Kentucky in his uh, senator seat again. But okay. yeah, no, that was a little bit embarrassing to realize that a little bit later down the road. So but... why
3: did you slam the door in his face? <laughs> oh, I was I
2: was huge liberal. Huge, really? I'm I'm a recovering liberal. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I <laughs> what what
3: was <laughs> <laughs> was what was there? Was was there a defining moment? Was there a Damascus moment, or is it just something that kind of? Was your liberal values just kind of like eroded away? You know,
2: slowly. Um, I think it was. I think I was liberal more because I was not educated on the the ideas, and I don't mean to say that liberals aren't educated people, no. because I'm sure that there are people who right. are very well versed yeah. in what they believe. But I just I grew up in New Hampshire, which being first in the primaries, okay. we are a very important political state. And so for that reason, you always have politics in your right. face. So I was very apathetic to it. Okay. I didn't know why I should care.
3: What was your family background in terms of politics, parents-wise? Okay.
2: My mom is going to kill me. <laughs> um, so my mom is a huge liberal
3: okay
2: uh she would take me to hillary clinton talks wow how exciting um but yes (laughs)
3: uh,
2: that's probably why i believe the way i do um she actually is and she'll tell anybody what i do she's very she's very proud of me and the fact that i I live in dc i think she thinks that i'm way more important than i actually am um but you know all moms do so but my dad is conservative so like i kind of had a balanced household um (laughs) But I mean, balanced,
3: you... if not noisy, maybe, if it was, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, they, they live in harmony because
2: they... they never talk politics. Oh, oh
3: right. okay. Right.
0: So, but were you exposed to to their ideas when you were growing up, or not?
2: More so from my mother. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I obviously. she tried
0: to indoctrinate you. That's
2: <laughs> she tried and for a while succeeded, but, um, eventually I learned the error of my ways
0: so what made you become a libertarian and before you answer like your conversion story i kind of want to know were you more convinced by the um deal ontological or principled argument which is you should be entitled to your own stuff you know every individual has rights that are inviolable or when you looked at the co- what the consequences of liberty were um and you thought that that would actually be you know more bit be- more better mm. uh in a for for people like in a utilitarian or consequentialist way like maybe you
3: could lead on that sorry.
1: one. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's okay. Um for me that's a little harder question just because um I feel like I kind of are al- always was right. libertarian. You just said, um, um but for me it is more of the, you know, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. as long as you don't do that, you should be able to do what you yes. want.
3: Yes. Okay. Yes. Fair enough.
2: I mean it's it's essentially the same for me. Right. I was very okay. gradually introduced to the ideas um, through like doing Liberty Pubs which is essentially like Liberty on the yeah. Rocks and every time it was a different topic, first you fall in love with the people, right? Yeah. Because you're having... Yeah, that's
0: why we don't get any Scottish Libertarians because we're <laughs> such assholes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. Well, me too. <laughs> I think
3: Stick I'm around. Awesome, so. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, New Hampshire, yeah, sure. That's the, the there's some free state stuff going on there. We had, we had a guy mm-hmm. called Vince Perfetto on this. Uh, he was from New Hampshire and he was telling us all about the free state project. What, have you had any involvement with that at all? No,
2: just because I don't live there anymore. And, right. and when I lived there, I, I wasn't aware of it. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's I think it's... I think it can be a sustainable model to, to get liberty into a state. I mean, like essentially New Hampshire is known as what is the freest state.
0: Right. I yeah. mean,
2: we take live free or die, our state motto very seriously. Right. Uh, so, you know, don't wear a helmet when you're bicycling or riding a motorcycle. You don't have to wear your seatbelt. If you're over the age of 18, right. set off whatever fireworks you want, blow your arm off. Nobody cares. So <laughs> right. live free or die, yeah. literally. Yeah. Right.
3: Excellent. But no, yes. no
2: income tax. No.
3: Uh, yeah. Low income tax at least. But oh, no, no there's sales no income tax. tax. Yeah okay that's
0: good and i i sometimes when i'm in my down uh, uh when i'm not feeling optimistic about the prospects for liberty i'm like i just wish there was like two or three times more of us or ten so there was enough to like go to one location but i do think we are go- the fastest growing political philosophy i mean we had this all right thing come up but i don't think they're going to stick around because they came up suddenly and i think they're going to go away suddenly whereas Liber- liberty has been growing like gradually through a grind and when someone becomes a libertarian you very rarely hear of them going back to becoming a conservative or a or a liberal, but we do get people from both sides of the political spectrum.
3: So did you say you're from Wisconsin? Yes. Wisconsin. Okay. Yes. And how are things there in terms of liberty?
1: Um, it depends what um what it is. I would say it's it's pretty balanced. Okay. Actually, um, for example, um, just with Drinking. Uh, my parents grew up where they could drink at 18. Okay. Um, and then it switched to 21. Right. But you can still go to a bar, for example, uh, with your family. And my dad, at, With I was 14, for example, okay, she can have a drink.
3: Right. Okay. You know, so, like,
1: we're very lenient with, with that. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of. So, but, what, what's you
3: know, the voting age in Wisconsin? At what age do you get the vote? 18.
1: Yeah, 18. It's
2: 18. It's 18.
3: Right, okay. So you, can, so you can decide the destiny of a nation, but you can't decide to have a drink.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you can't have a drink if your candidate wins. You can go, you can go
2: fight for your country, but you can't yeah. have a drink. Yeah. Well,
3: here in Scotland, it's even more insane. You can, you can get married and vote here at 16, but you can't have a drink at your own wedding until you're 18.
2: <laughs> 16, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I I'm
3: not saying it's necessarily a good idea about like, giving 16-year-olds a vote, but we I don't think do. it is,
0: personally. Well, I don't think anyone should have the vote, but i just that. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. That. Nobody... So, <laughs> please don't anyone excerpt that and do some, like, Anthony Samrov says that no one should be able to vote. He's obviously a fascist.
2: Voting is <laughs> aggression.
0: It is. Stop initiating the force against me using the ballot box, you scumbags.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Sorry. Anyway so sentence. you mentioned uh,
3: before we started you mentioned the organization fire Could you tell us a little bit about them and, mm-hmm. what and don't
0: shout it out in a cinema
2: <laughs> yes that would be very <laughs> bad because
0: that that's one of the libertarian discussions i've heard should you be allowed to, should you have free speech as in should you be allowed to shout fire in a crowded cinema no, it's more in philosophy they ask you that yeah. question don't they <laughs> No, not if it's privately owned, because the owner can say that you're not allowed to shout fire during his movie. Hey, where do we go?
3: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Yeah, what's the relationship with fire? What's? Um,
2: I mean, we so essentially like we work through fire. We we do all of our free speech activists on campus, and fire stands for foundation and individual rights and education. Wow. Okay. And so they are the vessel that we go through to figure out what policies are on each campus. So they'll write it like a stoplight. So um green means that they have good policies all around um very little room for change yellow means there's something very subjective that could be used to shut you down if they disagree with you um right, okay. and then red is like what is it laughably bad <laughs> policies is what they what, That's they, what say. they say um and then we use them to not only figure out what these policies are how to change them um but then also we go through them to litigate with the universities right, to yeah. change their policies if, yeah, so yeah the you said students, you had some victories. If the students choose to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've had some process. very, very, very big victories. Um, okay. Yeah. And is it, has it
3: been largely peaceable so far? Is there, yes. Yeah.
2: So the nice thing
1: about um, FIRE is they are a legal aid and they do this all free um, of okay. charge for wow. students. And so most of our wins um, aren't necessarily through you know, litigation. Right. Most of our wins are by really taking a stand and not just going out one time, but going out you know, at least five times where the university, if they don't... So a lot of policies, for example, um, they don't really care if, okay. if someone goes out. Yeah. And so why do you have them?
0: Mm-hmm. And get so,
1: them and, in non-enforcement. Yes, yep. and so mm-hmm. we get a lot through that um, and where they'll change it. But then they also help us um, in terms of sending out letters ahead of
2: time, um, and everything there. How to go through it to essentially make sure that you don't, you know, get caught between a rock and a hard place because you did something wrong and then, you know, lose out on changing those policies. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in terms of, is it volatile? I mean, like people get really offended and like sometimes there's a lot of heated confrontations or signs getting smashed. Um, campus professors getting really angry, but I, I think, Professors? One of the, oh,
0: yeah. there's a huge adults? liberal
2: liberal bias on campus yes. with professors, but we had actually a group of students recently
3: mm-hmm.
2: who got arrested for handing out pocket constitutions. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: So what? In what Spent way? Spend the
2: night in jail.
3: S- to spend the night in jail for be- handing out the constitution Why? on a
2: public university campus.
0: Why? Why? What is wrong with handing out the constitution?
2: You tell us. Well, what did they say?
0: What what, (laughs) what, what,
3: ostensibly what did they say was it? Was that I mean, I'm guessing that they were
2: violating their ability to the student's ability to not be harassed with the constitution's basically soliciting.
3: Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and and the police have nothing better to do with their time than to arrest people for that.
2: Campus police apparently not.
3: Yeah,
0: campus have their own police. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: in most cases they have an offset of whatever city. Yeah, they're in. Universe.
3: And, and are, are are their powers similar to state police, or is it just really no
2: city police more so?
3: Okay, right. I mean, we have some. I mean, we have things are pretty bad here at the moment in Scotland in terms of free speech, or it's, it's getting that way. And we had a we had a guy here. Don't know if you heard of him. He's he's, on, he's a YouTube uh, guy. He's called uh, Count Dankula, and he taught his dog uh, to do a Hitler salute. So it was like a little pug dog, and like he would say something <laughs> provocative, and the dog would do a Hitler salute, and uh, yeah, and he got arrested and uh, and charged, and it's a, and it's a case. And he that's, just it's, did it a for a
0: laugh, Yeah, really?
3: yeah I mean seriously? The guy's not in that. But even if he was, like, so what? You know, it's like it's just a YouTube video. You don't yeah. have to watch it. We've had people arrested for making tweets. Mm-hmm. Currently in Scotland, you can be arrested if you sing the wrong kind of song. Um, if, yeah. if they deem it to be offensive, um, you could even be a football supporter, I when I say football, I'm talking soccer, um, you can be abroad, you can be overseas, someone can video you singing a song that they deem to be offensive and then you can be arrested when you get back to Scotland.
2: It's called the
3: it's called the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act. It was brought in by the Scottish National Party.
2: It (laughs) just amazes me that they can get away with laws like that. I mean, I think every every state is different too. With us, we have you can't. Sometimes you can get fined for mowing your lawn in shorts on a Sunday. well quite rightly so (laughs) (laughs)
3: have you seen Anthony in shorts (laughs) 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 I don't want him moan Marlon in shorts I'll tell you that (laughs) and not on a Sunday
0: (laughs) definitely not on a Sunday, that's God's day well yeah ostensibly it's because we had you know people singing bigoted songs at football because
3: yeah inflammatory and causing trouble but,
0: but it's like you know um that's the song that's associated with their team or whatever. And um, yeah, a lot of people just like singing these songs because... It's it annoys kind of, the other yeah, because it's kind of a bit of a, like, oh, it's a bit risky, I shouldn't be singing it because it's almost... Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not justifying people singing bigoted lyrics, but it's like, it's not an arrestable offence. And I don't appreciate being forced at gunpoint to pay for the enforcement of laws like that, which I don't agree with.
3: Well, but it's but while why they have time for police to be on Facebook and Twitter looking for people to arrest for saying things that might be deemed offensive, um, you know, there's actually people committing serious assaults yes. and, and not getting arrested. It seems completely and utterly crazy to me, at least.
0: So, given that the libertarian position, even though we've got our own political philosophy and principles, um, when people just look from which we derive our policies, when people look at those policies, it looks to them like a strange mix of um, liberal progressivism on, say, civil liberties and foreign Mm -hmm. policy and conservatism on economic issues, although I'm not really sure that conservatives are economically conservative since they seem to not be so much for free trade these days. And a lot of the time they're in bed with big business. But um, nonetheless... Does that mean that going forward, and have you been coalition building sometimes with like progressive groups on free speech? Well, they're not really into that anymore, but they used to be. (laughs) Or say on civil libertarian issues and uh, uh, conservative groups on economic issues?
1: Yes. So we do um, build coalitions with several different organizations, um, and some they're only on certain issues. That's something that we tell. Um, students all the time is don't be afraid to reach out to an organization that might be willing to help you because those are more and more people that you're bringing into the fold. of. Sure. Okay. And so you might have a conservative group that you know wants to do um, an event on you know visualizing the national debt because they're more you know fiscally conservative. Right. right. And then you might have someone go out and um, you know, you might work with college Democrats, for example, sure. um, doing um, a drug war event yes. I mean, the drug war. Okay. You know, so there we do build those coalitions and that's Brilliant. something that, um, you know, we do work really hard on because Great. you never know yeah. who you're going to find.
3: Yeah, right. sure.
0: And they're not going to seduce your guys away to their their organization, but you might get their guys interested in ours. Why? Because we've got the most coherent and rational political philosophy. Naturally. Well, it's all in how you naturally. package
2: it, too. You find, you find what resonates with a specific person and you bring them in on one issue. Yeah. And then as you develop your relationship and you get a rapport with them, you eventually can, un- unintentionally, I guess, educate them on the ideas more so and you'll find that you can kind of figure out what makes them tick, and bring them into liberty, even if it's on just some issues, not all of them, and then eventually, like, they'll be more open-minded about it. Um, I've brought people into the organization that are just, like, one issue is their big issue, okay. but their liberty stance on that, and yeah. then eventually, you know, they come to more events, they learn more, um, they talk to more people, and then they find, wow, I'm way more libertarian than I thought I was, because yeah. college students don't realize, like I said, nobody can tell you yeah. what a libertarian actually believes, right. so... I mean, if you kind of show them that, they'll realize. I mean, for instance, my brother. My brother was a Bernie bro. He loved Bernie Sanders. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. Free college. So exciting, right?
3: Right, yeah.
2: I
0: I... should come to some of our colleges in Scotland. (laughs) They're free.
2: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was arguing with a socialist last night. We won't get into that. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, like, he was very, very... Very pro Bernie Sanders, and then I actually had him sit down and take an I side with quiz, Right. one of those just ridiculously long twenty minute quizzes. Right. Okay. He's a libertarian now. Long story ah, short, because awesome. he didn't well, realize that the ideas that he had, because he was always wavering between, am I a socialist or am I conservative? Because I care right. about the fiscal issues, but I also, you know. Yeah. But and he also didn't understand it. Completely. I
3: had a similar kind of. Uh experience this is years ago i was like politically agnostic for about 15 years i was like look there's no point and nothing really represents the way i feel and i got into a band called stuck mojo and on their website they had this link to a to neil burt's radio show and on it was a a, a political matrix so that you asked a few you answered all these questions and it put you on the political matrix and it was like uh, right libertarian that can't be right, libertarian sounds too much like liberal, I'll try again, I must have done something (laughs) wrong, it kept putting me back into this libertarian, it forced me to go and find out what a libertarian was, and and generally that's how I I, I got into libertarianism. You
0: heard it here first, folks. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) that
3: was my conversion story, or at least the beginnings of it.
2: We have something exactly like that, that we have our college students, when they're it whatever,
0: whatever campus put, they put up, in it still comes out
2: libertarian. It's I mean like you'd be surprised That's it's good. a mixed bag. You have right. your centrists, your marxists, you know, your socialists and then statists. your yeah, statists. But statists, right, right. Exactly. So you essentially just have them take what we call the world's smallest political quiz. I think it's like something about s- 10 questions. 10 questions okay. it takes maybe 2 minutes. And, uh, from there you figure out, you know, the number of points on the front, number of points in the back, you plot up and over. Okay. And I mean, that's how I realized essentially like okay. the long and short of it that I was libertarian. I right took that on. and I plotted right on Ron Paul.
3: So is that, is it is that online or do is that a handout that you give? That you it's
2: a visual aid
1: that we have okay. set up. Yes. So, um, it's really great is that we give for all of our activism events that we do, we provide, um, if they need it, our students with activism kits nice. that come with you know pocket constitutions, um, you know, a thing like a political quiz, handouts, right. that sort of thing, which is really great.
0: Tell us about the beach ball.
1: Yes, so the beach ball. So another thing, um, we provide our activists with up to $100 um, in activism grant. So that's how you can let's just say you have a a larger idea, something bigger Mm. you want to do. So for our visualize the debt event, for example, um, you know they have to get billboard, they have to get plywood for that and paint to actually you know make this giant number, yeah, quite ridiculous. Um, But they need money for that, and so we provide that money. And it's very similar with the beach ball. So that is something that um, unfortunately we can't send in kids, but they can buy that on their
3: own. Right. Okay. And what? Is this, is this a beach ball that you can actually get in? Is it one of those ones that you can get inside and roll around on? No, that <laughs> would right, be crazy. Okay. But I yeah. recommend.
2: So I recommend now uh, through trial and error. I actually got to do a tour where I got to visit a lot of my chapters in California. Which you would think that in California, I mean California, <laughs> there would not be very many libertarians. Right. But we actually have our strongest presence, I think, in the most chapters in any state. In California. I think we have like over eighty chapters just in California alone.
3: Yeah, I guess there's chapters. It makes you seem like a bifurc group. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I
2: mean it's essentially that's what it is. It's just a new chapter of the organization at a different campus. But we, we did a lot of free speech events like boom 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 all in a row. Um and I learned through trial and error that you should purchase a clear beach ball. Right. Because if you get the opaque ones, you will run people over, and they don't take kindly to that. It's a no. violation of their nap. It's just very bad. I
0: wouldn't <laughs> want to wake up uh, a communist during their nap. So, as <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, an interesting thing in California. I w- sometimes I wonder if like if they do pass this fifteen dollar minimum wage there. If long term it might be a good thing because the whole eye, eyes of the world will be on California to see how it works out and when it destroys the long term job growth, um maybe there'll be studies coming out to prove it. But, but who knows? I mean, California's
3: know. got such a big economy they could probably cover it up. You know they could cover up the damage for for a long time to make it look as if it's it's working better than it is. Right. What
0: do you think are the best... Because these are things that, personally, I think one of the worst things for the poor, poor is the minimum wage, and people obviously think it's in defence of the poor, but people will get very outraged with you here if you say that. What do you think are the most common objections to libertarians that libertarianism that you're faced with, and how do you think the best way to deal with those objections are? No pressure or anything. <laughs>
2: um, In terms of, like... In terms of the, because the most people that you talk to are going to be liberty, like liberal leaning. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the
2: objections are more on the fiscal issues, I think. Right. Um, but also it's more so because they have these misconceptions of what a libertarian is. So, I mean, obviously there are a lot of issues that libertarians are split on depending on where you fall on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to name one, like abortion. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like you get a lot of blowback on things like that too, but I find that the best way to do it is you just find out, you know, what makes them tick and then you relate liberty back to them. That is, that is the only way that you're going to get through to somebody is by, instead of arguing on something that you disagree with, talk about something that you do agree on because no matter where they are on the spectrum, you're going to find one place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you align and then redirect.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. And did you guys have any trainings on that, or so people? Oh, so are, much.
3: Well, that sounds very
0: useful. Like, I'd like yeah. to. I mean, it's. I, I've been told that I'm quite uh, quite good at communicating these ideas, but I'd love to go through something official such as you do. And are you able to extend those trainings to people on campus to make them more convincing? Yes, we do
1: so, events just for that. So I think the reason why um, Young Americans for Liberty has been so successful and mm-hmm. has grown exponentially for the past few years is because of our, our mission, to be honest. Our mission is to identify, educate, train, and mobilize youth activists okay. to winning on principle. And so what that means is it's not just, you know, finding someone on campus by tabling or, you know, doing activism. You're actually getting out there. Um, we like to say book clubs don't change the world, mm-hmm. right? Getting out there and talking to people, yep. that's what changes the world. Okay. Okay, but then we take all those people that we find, and we have events. So this past semester, we just had six very successful spring summits across the United States. Um, hum- we trained over I want to say
2: twelve. Oh my gosh, more than that. Um, well, well. I think uh, it was students. it was in the two thousands this year. So might have been. We had um, one event with over five hundred people at it, and okay. so that right. is
1: where we have, um, not just speakers, you know, coming to talk about the issues. But well, we actually have training us on how to um, message our ideas effectively to other people. Because people get
3: discouraged. Models, man. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> no,
2: I mean, like, think about it. How many times have you felt like you're the only person standing on your soapbox talking about these ideas? And you're essentially talking to walls. <laughs> yeah. well, no, but that's that's how essentially libertarians feel because we're we're so isolated or we feel like we are. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea is that when you bring somebody in, you just you introduce them to other people yeah, and you build, give
0: them a family. Yeah. You give right.
2: them so my region are literally my family. Like I've, I have my state chair team, the people that work for me they are the first people that I go to about anything. So, I mean, if you create that culture and you give them that family and you show them that they're not alone, but then you also provide them with support (coughs) and an outlet to talk to these ideas with, they don't feel so discouraged arguing with, you know, a socialist or a communist, you know, if that's what they feel like their whole campus is. Because that's, I mean, it's just the majority, unfortunately. And so if you provide them with the tools and the resources and the trainings to be as effective as possible, then they're going to feel less... Uh, discouraged. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah, and that's um something that I can reflect in my own experience because I'm trying really hard here to message around people on Facebook and things and direct them to our meetups because I'm think I want to get people along so that they feel part of something and together, mm-hmm. and we're trying to create a space where people can feel like these are cool guys and they are, I mean they they are so we're we're all a bit crazy but you know we're a great bunch, and I was saying this to other members of our. Our group which is when people are leaving their political philosophy or they're also kind of leaving their socially social context their framework their friends have the same views as they have here in scotland broadly speaking very left-wing and they're going to be at odds with all their friends so you need to bring them into a social environment where they're like oh there's really cool people who have these views and I'm actually going to feel not isolated and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I didn't know any libertarians in Scotland when I became a libertarian about um, between 8 and 10 years ago. Um, No one had heard the word. Um, And now it's just like awesome. I mean... Sometimes we think we'd like more people at meetups, but then I keep on remembering that Walter Block said he once asked Murray Rothbard how many libertarians were in the world, and Murray Rothbard was like, Yeah, I think about 24. <laughs> uh, we, we've had more than 24 at our annual general meetings, so that's a pretty good
3: start.
2: Do you know how to use Facebook to find other people? Are the open graph us? search?
3: Uh, I don't do Facebook because I'm a complete luddite, <laughs> but these yeah. guys do generally yeah Yeah.
2: facebook that's how we find people
3: for the most part
2: is facebook has this open search engine where you can literally type things like people who live in scotland and Mm. like liberty or libertarian or any kind of page that might be like a liberty type page keyword yeah and from there you can connect with them yes
0: and we've kind of i've been doing that to a degree and it has worked i mean just messaging people on facebook and asking them to come along they, if they don't come along to the next one, they might come along to the one after that. So it is really important if you're building community at home, you know, talk to people, send them a message because they feel like, wow, someone actually reached out to me and was interested in me and encouraged me to meet other people. Um, Esther, sorry. No, go on. Go on. What, before we get towards wrapping up, like, are there other things that you want to express um, that are really important to you, and you'd like to spread the word about. Uh, obviously, I'm going to ask you to tell people where they can find you and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, um, something I think that is just really important for our movement is that you know it does take people to stand up. You know, you yeah. can't make liberty win. Um, by sitting at home and arguing with people on Facebook. That's not how uh-huh. it works.
3: Yeah, And
0: right. people are very resistant to changing their opinion on Facebook because they can't see how, like, by the way you talk, how informed you are mm-hmm. and things like that. Even if they know a lot less about the issue than you do, they can't tell that through Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's equal as far as they're concerned. Whereas when you speak to someone and you're friendly and you're knowledgeable in person, they go, oh, wow, this guy seems to really know what they're talking about. That's yes. well, more likely... Anyway, please go on. No, Starts that's okay.
1: And, um, you know, that's why we have a active versus passive. You know, you always want to be active. You always want to be talking to people uh, in person, honestly, mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah. And being personal and being genuine is most important. We always say, um, you know, there's an 80-20 rule. Right. So, you know, yeah. you're supposed to be 80% genuine. It's not, you know, about... Twenty percent. That's the, the strategy of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just getting someone to sign up. It's not just you know getting someone to come to a meeting. It's bringing them into the movement and it's saying, you know, hey, do you want to come to this meeting? You know, oh, yeah. I, I would really like to see you there. Or hey, I haven't seen you at the meetings in a, a in a few weeks. You know, where you been? What's going on? Yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I've had several occasions where, um, you know, at least when I was a state chair, I've driven you know three hours. Just to, you know, just to get coffee with somebody. Right. You know, it's, it's taking those extra steps that really make a difference to people. So
0: treating people like they matter. Yes. Because they do.
2: hmm yeah. mm. Exactly.
3: So tell us where we can find, where, what is your website at and where people can get in contact with you?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Y-Liberty.
3: Yaliberty.org.
2: Okay. dot Yaliberty.org.
3: And is that why, like letter Y,
0: not yes. W-H-Y? Right. Yeah. Yaliberty.org. Okay, great. And um, yeah, if you're out there in internet land tuning into the Scottish Liberty Podcast and you know a young person in college or going to college or you are a young person in college or going to go to college, I hope that you will get in touch with Young Americans for Liberty and see what you can do to get involved. Maybe start up a chapter or if there's a chapter already join yep.
3: Yeah.
2: we also have a, a partner organization that works internationally as well students mm-hmm. for liberty so even if you're in scotland you can still get involved in the liberty movement through students for liberty and they so have crazy. they have conferences that they put together they just had one in europe okay. this year i think was that Prague. their first
1: one no they've had them. Um,
3: resources for that have they, have they got resources for students absolutely one, okay.
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah they provide um a lot of literature mostly for that box. All right. And
3: things. Cool. Wonderful. Well,
0: thanks
3: for, uh, thanks for coming along us. and telling us all about Students for Liberty. Where are you guys off to next? Uh, we're going to Edinburgh.
1: Maybe. Yes.
3: Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy. Uh, you might find it slightly <laughs> less sunny <in> Edinburgh than <laughs> it was. Especially since it's
0: getting late. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Josie, you're going there tonight, yeah? Yes. Okay. Well, you might bump into me tomorrow at some point because I'm going to be trying to do some. So we've got a big day in, in the... Well, all throughout Scotland tomorrow, people are going to the polls for the local elections. That's true. Ah, so, uh, both, yeah.
0: we, both, we're both running in the local council elections. Um, so uh, I might be a politician next time you speak to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, best of luck. Yeah, we'll need it. <laughs> <laughs> and you at home, be libertarians. Yeah, don't be righty. Or a lefty.
3: If you want more Scottish Liberty podcasts, remember to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes or SoundCloud.